0: Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the top 10 recovery podcast The betrayed the addicted and the expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible. Even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing and freedom, no matter how messy life gets. Each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect, to talk about ways to be the Buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. Welcome. We are here with my friend, Becca Johnson, and my friend, Thomas McConkie. And we are going to talk about our faith transformation. It's kind of messy. And so we brought in the expert, someone that is like 5 million steps ahead. Um, (laughs) He wrote this book that I loved called Navigating a Mormon Faith Crisis. And also he did a program that um, Becca is currently doing and a program that I did and loved. And so we're gonna talk about that today. So Thomas McConkey is the founder of Lower Lights School of Wisdom and has a passion for world's wisdom tra- traditions. He's raised a Latter-day Saint and at 18 years old, he discovered Buddhism, which remains a wellspring of inspiration over 20 years later. He's trained as a developmental researcher, facilitator, and mindfulness teacher. He hosts the Lower Lights Sangra in Salt Lake City, Utah, and has been featured on NPR, Religion News Service, Tricycle Magazine, and the 10% Happier Podcast with Dan Harris. We are happy to have him back. And my friend Becca here, uh, you probably don't recognize her, but she is the photographer who took the photos that we did when we were in the middle of our divorce. So I was in the ball gowns with my daughters and my former husband, Kobe was there to get photos with our daughters as well. And so Becca has been this beautiful friend. Um, we both are going through that first year of divorce together. Mm -hmm. And she's also going through the messy middle of faith transformation. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we invited Thomas here because We want to talk to you (laughs) we (laughs) want to we want to help people who are also in this space i recorded a podcast called losing my religion and it got a lot of questions of like okay now you've finally said this is where you're at now what do we do you know Mm. give us give us some resources and so Mm. that's why you're here
1: (laughs) i'm honored to be here thanks for having me it's great to be with you both
0: yeah okay so um Thomas, tell us a little bit about why you even created this book that you have and the programs. And I mean, you you don't have to do these things, but here you are creating resources for those of us who are in that messy middle.
1: Yeah, totally. Well, first I'll say, I I think you introduced me just now as an expert and like as being ahead of people on the path. I think, I think what I am is an expert in my own life. I'm an expert at being me, which is really messy <laughs> and um, and I just have a keen interest in the topic. You know, um, I grew up in an intensely religious home, as many of your listeners probably did, and I had the experience of not fitting in, like just not being able to get with the program. So I felt really acute pain early in life, it turned out for me, it was like very early adolescence. And like, I became an expert in my own life at kind of navigating my own pain in the process of transformation. So decades later, when I found more people engaging these kinds of questions publicly, I thought, oh, this is my conversation. Like, this has been my life. I really care about it. And I'm also profoundly hopeful about it. We can talk about this in the, in the show, I think, but the way my story is unfolding yes it started with an unwelcomed explosion it was untimely inopportune i had i didn't have the resources to respond to it whatsoever but i i found along the way that i could meet the challenge and i don't think i'm any different than anybody in that regard so i'm i'm very hopeful about the challenges life gives us and the incredibly like the the native intelligence we all have to respond to extremely difficult situations and and as we respond to difficult situations we transform we're different people than we were when we started like prior to the challenge you two know this really well that's why you're here talking to me and why i'm talking to you so i'm excited to get into it
0: yes me too um okay so becca (laughs) have you had this explosion (laughs) like (laughs) like thomas i'm sitting
2: here being like well that sounds like the last three years for me it was unexpected it kind of feels like i've been thrown into or forced into this whole new perspective Mm -hmm. on me my life my religion my spirituality and i'm just trying to get used to my surroundings and kind of like find my bearings and use my past learnings and knowings and group them with my current learnings and know- knowings and then knowing how to go forth and you know help my children and, and just myself be grounded um, in what I can do now. And I love how you said, like, I, I could meet the challenge. Like, I know I can meet the challenge. It's just so new. <laughs> Yeah. that it's like wow I'm this is it's it's lonely it's incredibly messy mm-hmm. and um it is exciting though it is exciting because it feels like it's mine again it's like something that's mine yeah. yeah I love that because before it was just kind of I didn't realize that it wasn't mine in the beginning and now I get to like keep this yeah. this is so sacred it's a sacred yeah. and exciting experience
1: it's beautiful. I love it. Thank you. I love it.
0: Okay, so <clears throat> like the explosion. I like that word. I'm just going to go with that. <laughs> we, we all have this explosion. Um, Becca, you mentioned it's lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, Thomas, you mentioned you didn't have the resources then. And here we are today where there is... I mean, I, I feel like it's the internet that's given us the space to like, okay look at all these things that are out there. I can not feel so alone, but yet it still feels kind of lonely. Uh, Becca, you were mentioning it's it, it, in Marco Polo. You yeah. were telling me that you feel like you can't always bring it up. Like you need to be silent about it mm. because it can feel like maybe contagious.
2: Yeah. Like, well, first I think in emotions, I don't like, I never, I always say English is not my first language emotions. And like, is just my first language. So a lot of people (laughs) who I don't know if they're experiencing the same thing. I'm, um, I get a sense when I'm talking to them about my, my hard things, the things I'm trying to come to conclusions with, they have a hard time accepting because they want me to be decided now for their comfort. And I understand that because they just want you to just be okay. Um, and so I, sometimes I am afraid to bring it up because I'm afraid other people can't ha- hold that space for me to just be in the middle, to be in the messy middle. Um, so sometimes I am afraid to like bring it up. So then it makes me feel a little bit like I don't belong or um, it does seem to like make me feel a little bit more lonely um, because sharing can make
0: other people feel uncomfortable and they don't know how to handle it. hmm what do you recommend for that, Thomas? Because I know that feeling. Um, and I also know the other side of that feeling because my former partner left a year before I did. And I was that person saying, just tell me, like, is it, I wanted the black and white answer. So are you in, or are you out? And do you believe this or do you believe that? And he's like, I don't mm. know. Mm-hmm. And then when I started to go through, it, I was like, oh, okay, this is what it feels like. You really don't. Mm. You no, know? and as much as I held on to that, just wanting to know, I needed to know the answers, and I couldn't let go of the uncertainty and just sit in that. Oh, mm-hmm. it was draining. <laughs> and so how do we let go of that? You know, this is uncertain. We don't know. The answer may not come today, but it may come. Um, or peace at least. I want peace. How do I find that peace? and how do i feel like i'm not alone in that
1: yeah yeah a couple thoughts here let me see if i can organize them the the one and we can we can zoom into this if it's interesting but i i feel like it's helpful to frame this conversation in a particular way which is that many of us as we're going through faith explosion let's rebrand it it's faith explosion (laughs) that like there's a really uh i think a deep-seated sense that we messed up like Mm. we made a mistake it's this messy it's it feels this awful because i screwed up if i didn't screw up i'd feel fine like i used to feel and that that mentality is really contrary to the whole flow of transformation as we as we Give ourselves more to our transformative process we realize that like the the explosion that's actually a creative force of nature it's it's as likely to be something that went right that went well as something that went wrong and let me state it even more emphatically it's in the territory of faith transformation it's often something that's gone right that allows for that level of destabilizing something in us is actually ready to be destabilized so there's there's a maturity that's present now that perhaps wasn't before so we're ready to just like let it fall apart and trust that something new will rise out of that that's a big deal when we have this conversation to like it it helps us be kind to ourselves i mean i i've worked with so many people the last decade in this in this area and Uh, people tend to be so hard on themselves that they can't feel how they used to feel so i just want to give us all permission here to you know and you two have done this beautifully to just be really messy and let it all hang out and not know any of the answers and that's a great start that's a great start so that's the one let me let me say the one other thought i had pertaining to your comments here which is that like this question about feeling isolated because like now that i'm in this territory what do i do about it how do i relate to other people i'll I'll just say that one of the core skills i realized in hindsight after 20 years of doing it i realized that i just organically learned how to do this better than you know i I got better at it over a 20-year period which was basically discerning who i could say what to it's just you know reading the crowd like oh I could say this to this person and I think it'd be helpful for them and for me. So I'm going to try it. And, oh, I want to say this to this person, but something's telling me after like, after like 10 minor explosions with similar conversations prior, I, you know, my spidey sense is tingling. Don't say it, don't say it. (laughs) And then, so there's that, there's reading the audience, but then it, it gets even more nuanced than that because I start to realize in myself when I need people to be able to hear me. It's not, a, it's, it goes beyond like, oh, maybe I could share this, maybe I don't. That it becomes like, you're my mother. Of all people, you should be able to hear this from me. Like, we realize that we have attachments to certain kinds of people needing to be the kind of people we need them to be. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a painful process, I have found, like letting go of my expectations of how people need to respond to my faith explosion. So, I, I just wanted to name that skill set that I think we all develop if we find ourselves in this experience.
0: Okay. I, and I find that absolutely true. And I know it was true from my friends who were both, um, remain in religion and who have left that they were careful when, when I was in that messy middle of what they said, because they were like, I actually don't know. And I still have, um, one of my good friends who said, is it okay if I send you this song that I heard, I loved it, but it is religious. And I was like, of course, like I'm fine. But I love that she asked, you know, cause she didn't want to be pushy and, And it had, I mean, it was a great song. It had no pushiness attached to it, but it is that like reading it. Yes. Yes. So.
1: So if we don't expect that not to be there, it's helpful. It's like, oh, if if we're in this territory, we can just expect that it will be full of awkward moments. (laughs) And like, I don't know what to say to you. And you don't know what to say to me. You shared that song and that was so awkward the way you shared it, but I love you. You know, like, I I think we have this notion that it should be neater and more antiseptic than it actually is.
0: Yes. And I feel like um, when I got more, hmm, I don't know the word to use, emotion, girl that talked in emotion. Um, (laughs) Where's the emotion wheel? I know. When I felt more solid, maybe in where I was standing, even though I was still on shaky ground, but I felt like. I could honor where I was, mm. I could set some boundaries mm. and that kind of helped with that expectation mm-hmm. of, you know, if I'm not speaking what I need, then of course I'm not going to get what I need. And so just saying like, hey, it's safe. You can ask questions if you want, or you can share with me. But what I found was really helpful was like, hey, if you want to talk to me about religion, talk to me about it as much as you did before you knew I was yeah. in this explosion, which mm. sometimes it's never, you know, um, sometimes we feel that need to like bear testimony to someone who is in that messy middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't always go maybe the way we plan. Cause it comes off as pushy.
2: The intention is to like save Rather than to connect, yeah. Sometimes
0: and and hearing, like you said, I just want you to sometimes just hear me and in, in this un unknowing place that I am. Mm-hmm. I just need the space for it. Um, Beck and I have both been on dates. We're in the, the <laughs> divorce. Oh, it's got
1: juicy. <laughs> I want to hear about your dating wise.
0: It's messy with the transitional <clears throat> space yeah. because we do live in a very religious area. Of the country. We're in um Utah and Salt Lake Valley. I don't mm-hmm. know what valley yours is. Yeah, i Salt Lake. Yeah. And so there's a lot of Mormons or the Church of Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, mm-hmm. LDS people. And so kind of transitioning, or you know, I'm out, you're in the messiness of reconstructing that. Um mm-hmm. it does feel interesting to have for me, they know where I stand. With Becca, she's like, I don't know. Where I, I have am. to
2: say I say progressive Mormon a lot. That's like <laughs> the closest thing I can get to to explain that I am in the messy middle. Yeah. I'm I'm not wanting to leave, but it's incredibly painful to be going to church and a lot of my safe places have been taken away from me. Church doesn't feel safe anymore. Um, it's not somewhere I can feel peace. It's actually very triggering. So going, it takes a lot of emotional effort for me. Uh, Mm -hmm. I still want to be in those places and I want it to be a safe place like it was before. Um, but yeah, so trying to explain how I see things and how I hope for evolution in our religion, um, and how I want to be a part of that evolution when I am Mm -hmm. stable and I'm able to, to give in that way. But yeah, explaining that to to complete strangers who you're like, do we have a romantic connection? Also, here's where I am spiritually. Like, it's a big explanation. Is is always just like an extra little bag on the back of my backpack. Like, would you like this?
0: <laughs> yes. Are you okay with this? So it's been interesting for me because I have been on dates where they start bearing t- like they mention something about a maybe a spiritual experience but because they know where I'm at, they feel like, Oh, I better bear my testimony of what I believe because she's going to discount what I'm thinking. And I was like, Oh no, no, no. Like I can honor where you're at and you can honor where I'm at. I can hear you. I know all this stuff, you know, um, I'm not contagious. (laughs)
2: Yeah. I'm not going to infect you with my decision.
0: Yes. So it's messy. And Beth, I, you're dating
2: <laughs> yeah thomas i was actually listening this to... is amazing
1: <laughs> i'm like i love it i'm at the edge of my seat what were you gonna say becca
2: <laughs> i was actually listening to my uh your so i'm like to uh i don't even know what do you call them in in the teachable I'm modules say, modules I'm pretty, I'm like in the middle of it, but I went back to one of the modules called Guiding Principles where it actually set the tone for the rest of the course. Hmm. Um, and you said some things that just put me at ease immediately. You said, maybe your your um, journey is supposed to be this messy. And I was like, oh, thanks. Th-
0: <laughs>
2: okay, maybe it is supposed to be this messy because I am a recovering perfectionist. Um, and I think uh, growing up in a pretty orthodox home religion, I feel like, okay, if I got A's on all of my report cards, it must be easy to be perfect in all the other areas mm-hmm. of my life. Yeah. Um, and so hearing that, and then you giving us permission, to just be like, yep, it's going to be awkward when you have conversations. <laughs> like, okay, well, we can just be imperfect and messy. And you talked about magical thinking. And I was like, <laughs> I have unconsciously been thinking that I will magically become this human that is perfect. And you said, we don't even know Christ. We don't see how he got to where he was. Hmm. Like, I know we only have like 30 seconds of his life. Right. Um, and so I'm thinking that sin or anxiety or any of these things are mess me. It's me messing up. It's me doing it wrong. Right. And so when you're saying this journey is supposed to be messy, um, uh, getting to the point where we want to be, is a process of messing up and comparing our individual, very intimate experience with anybody else um, just knocks us off course. Um, And it brought me back to my knowing. And I, Mm. you know, sometimes we want to discount it. I mean, I think they know better. Maybe I'll listen to them. They'll Mm. tell me how I'm supposed to do it. Mm -hmm. But then that discounts my own knowing. And then that's where it gets exciting is like, Oh, Mm. maybe I do more, do know more than I think. Yeah. And maybe me, Doing it in this way where I'm like, I just got here and I don't know how I got here. So there has to be a reason why I'm here and I'm seeing the world the way I'm seeing it. And I have, like you just talked about a lot about trust and faith in yourself. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I'd had that in such a long time. So that's why I loved your course, where it is, it's very intrinsic. Yeah, I, it's just been. It, it's a journey within myself and you're guiding that. And I loved that because I was like, where do I go? Who do I talk to? I can't <laughs> talk to a counselor. Like, how do we keep that? Like some courses are angry and talking, you know, and they already have the decision made and they're coming from that bias. But this one is, I'm, I love meditation. I love intrinsic. I love getting in touch with myself. So mm. it was a long explanation, but I love, no, that's what I just love I about your course. It.
1: Thank you, Becca. I mean, it's beautiful to hear how, that curriculum is living in you and how you're expressing it and you know just realizing new possibilities and it. it's really touching for me to hear okay. if i can kind of connect what you said to a previous comment and i am getting back to dating here and if i can <laughs> if i can i want to yeah i want to ask permission to put on a coaching hat for a minute let's do it cool i wanted like 100 i want to coach cool so what's my name i'm the uh i'm the
0: the messy
1: middle mormon dating coach right now just for a minute there's
0: there's your next book there you go
1: (laughs) there's something you said um becca that i just wanted to pause on like when you i think you described your kind of messy middle and your faith transformation transition etc it's like this bag like another bag that you're putting on or saddling your date with kind of thing and i i i see the reality to that i wouldn't negate that but i also just wanted to invite another perspective like you're also bringing a gift i love that period that like it's an openness it's an aliveness to your own vulnerability as a human being Mm -hmm. as your faith changes shape in a way you can't control or predict. And if you're dating somebody who's like worthy of dating you back, uh, they would sense it. I, I would imagine they could sense into that vulnerability and openness and creativity and it, it's not a burden, but it's like, oh wow! Like I scored. This is this is a fine date night. What are you doing next Friday? So just <laughs> I, I wanted that. to I want to look at the other side of that. That you, I really believe that, and for you too, Ashlyn. I mean, you you expressed a different kind of experience on your date, but <laughs> everybody everybody out there who's like in this territory, especially in the vulnerability of dating or any other kind of relationship where we feel we can be accepted or rejected. Yeah, there's a chance the person we're with might be inclined to reject us out of their own habit, out of their own kind of socialization in this culture. But the flip side to that is they have an opportunity to see something new. So in that sense, I see you You also mentioned, as you're talking about dating, that you eventually want to get to a place where you're contributing to the evolution of the church. But from my point of view, you're already doing that. It's not about you leave and then come back and contribute. The people people who keep their hearts open are contributing, you know? And people who close their hearts are contributing. We're all contributing. No one's yeah. not contributing, but we've codified what constitutes a worthy contribution and what doesn't constitute a worthy contribution. And that, I think that's toxic to us as human beings. You know, I, I, I hope we come to appreciate one another's unique contributions period so I wanted to reframe that and I'm I'm done now I can go back to just the passive how much, how much do I owe you <laughs> yeah totally
2: okay. oh that was
1: just my pleasure thank you for I'll thank you. you for receiving <laughs> yeah, and I wanted to say that because my heart when you said it I my heart it. clenched like mm. you're gorgeous like what you're going yeah. through is is amazing and I you know, people who you date can take it how they want, but I'm not going to sit here and take that. I refuse (laughs) to sign up for that story. So (laughs)
0: thank you
2: for that. I love that. I will very much cherish that. that. Thank you.
0: I love it. And I'm going to say, I love that you said we can contribute in our own ways, Mm. because although I have said, you know, this is where I stand right now, I did get a lot of feedback from people who are still in religion saying, okay, I'm going to do this better. I want to be better. And mm-hmm. so yeah. I can honor that. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not, I'm not doing whatever, but I am still contributing. Yeah. I like that. Um, that makes myself feel better because I definitely don't want to influence anyone in any direction, which brings me to another point. Okay. When, when I was doing your program, uh, I did it. I think I started 2020 maybe when did it come out i don't know when it, it came, came out, out yeah it came
1: out september 2020
0: okay so i started doing this program and i remember going does he want is he helping us make a decision to stay in religion or <laughs> to, to leave religion because i'm i don't actually know what's going on here but i i really like it and the answer is there isn't a, a direction that you're leading us except to you know recreate or redesign maybe our relationship with a higher power and to really decide what our connection is with Christ, with God, with whatever. And I love that. Oh, thank
1: you. Yeah. I, I feel seen and appreciated. Um, I, we all have our calling, right. And I think there are those who feel called to bring people back into the church. And I, I honor that calling and I'm really clear for myself right now, this could change, everything changes. But as of now, it's very clear to me that it is not my calling to arbitrate on that decision people make whatsoever. It's none of my business. And I find that I'm not actually very effective at what I do. If I come on one side, it doesn't even matter what side I land on, it's not helpful. So that's just been an approach to being present with people that I've found to be helpful in my particular role. And that I'm going to stick with it till it doesn't work anymore. That's not true, but that's exactly right. I have no agenda. I have have no belief or framework or conception, or let me say, I have no illusion that I know whether somebody should stay or go. It's just none of my business. It might be someone else's business. It's definitely your business and your life. Your life is about you. It's not about me. (laughs) So there you go.
0: I know. And and (laughs) honestly, that's why this is a podcast happening right now, Mm -hmm. because when I get I got a message this morning in my Instagram DMs. That's like, okay, tell me what to do. This is what we're experiencing, that faith Mm -hmm. transformation. And I just hit the easy button. Here's a podcast. Go listen to it. Here's this. I don't know the answers for you. It's so individual. Mm. I, I don't tell you why I left. I don't tell you what started it because it was just like you said, an explosion. It was this popping out of a box and going, how did I get here? I was doing all the things and now I can't go back. I was doing what this. I
2: told. Now tell me what to do next. <laughs> no,
0: what's <laughs> happening. Um, and it's funny. Uh, I had a neighbor come over and she's so sweet. She said, I want to get to know you. Cause my, my two daughters, they still attend, um, religious activities and, and love that community. And we've been very honored and, um, respected in our community of where I'm at and where my former husband's at and where my kids are at, which mm-hmm. I, I love, but they wanted to come over and, and meet me. And she said, I don't know you. I moved into the, the, to this religious ward is what we call it after you had left. But she said, I heard you were teaching gospel doctrine. You were this power couple and here you are, you got divorced and you left your religion. So like, I was like, Oh, that's who I <laughs> that's am. How you see it. <laughs> okay. Awesome. I'm like, wrapped up in this like it was such a quick thing but it was like years of <laughs> grief and and emotion wrapped up into like this tiny description of who I am mm-hmm. um which was kind of fascinating to me <laughs> but yeah. it also, also that's sense. what it looked like on the outside yeah yeah like oh it was this quick thing because I was quiet because I mm-hmm. didn't know how yeah. when I was in this kind of public role at church it was hard to say But also I'm here, you know, and I'm confused and I'm questioning right? and I'm reading this book and I don't know what I'm doing and I'm scared, Um, but let me teach you. So yeah, it's messy. It
2: really is. It's kind of like a scary, uh, you open yourself up to so much judgment outside and that's part of like the pain and the messy. It's like, I know this probably looks like ridiculous to you, but you still got (laughs) to do what's right for
0: yourself. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh yes. Okay. So Becca, while you're doing this program, do you have thoughts on, you know, you, but before mm-hmm. as you started to come into this and then choosing to start this program, I mean, I told Becca mm-hmm. about this program and then like the next, I was like, let's do like this. an hour later. She's like, I started the program. <laughs> I was like, Oh you trust me in a large way. Okay. I, it just is all a domino
2: effect of like, I'm dying. Please help.
0: <laughs> um, so tell me how it has kind of maybe softened the messiness of where you're where you've been.
2: Mm. Um well, they you have that explosion of like, whoa, all of this is just kind of like jarred my world. And then you kind of after the shock after shock you just kind of go through that and then you start everything like the dust starts settling and you start seeing how differently people are seeing things um with the course I think it's just a lot of you like talking about like here's your permission we just don't get a lot of permission um there's not a lot of emotional intelligence in this space so it's just a lot of just giving myself permission and that's what the course has been able to soften compassion, giving myself grace and then giving skills. You talk about three centered knowing, which is, you know, your heart, mind and your gut and like being, how do I normally walk through this life? And Mm -hmm. I love self exploration. I love being able to, um, have more self-awareness. Um, those are things that I value and that's kind of how this, the course has allowed me to, step back for myself rather than being in like the alarms going off and being mm. like, okay, I don't fit this box anymore. I have literally blown this box. I don't even know where the box is anymore. Um, and I have these principles that I learned and now I have this new view site. And so it's kind of guiding you. It's softened a lot of um, just acceptance of where I am. So I can it also gives me so much acceptance for when other people are in places. Like I've had friends and family members, you know, we talk about it and I can be like, yeah, maybe, maybe you just don't need to figure it out right now. Maybe Mm -hmm. you just need to like put that to the side.
0: That was the best thing for me was just like, stop worrying and just let it go. And the answers will come when they come. Um, I'm Becca is like a master of meditation. I would say not <laughs> as me, my <laughs> well, <okay>. expert, <laughs> mini expert, and then just some random person is me. <laughs> um, I love meditation too, but what I guess where the program put me is I'm I'm a big researcher. So when I have to know something, it's like okay, I got to go, and I'm going to go to Google, and I'm going to find the answers. I'm going to read this book, and I'm going to ask these people. I'm going to listen to this podcast. I'm going to do all these things, right? Instead of just sitting in my own Mm. silence and Mm. listening for my own answers and seeing where I'm at and, and journaling and figuring all that out, it slowed it down for me. Mm. And I found that even now, and that's my whole life has been the researcher. I need to know all the things Mm -hmm. and I still am, but it's not at all. Like it was, Mm -hmm. it's like, no, just slow down. And, and live in the quiet and just see what's there mm. which can be scary you know yeah totally but
1: you name that dynamic it's significant um in transformation i think book learning conceptual learning scaffolds and supports what we're going through but then just being kind of naked exposed and vulnerable in the actual territory we all have an intuition if we're avoiding that or if we're actually like doing that work and I love what you just kind of shared there just that dynamic tension and balance of like yeah it's good to read books but am I am I afraid to just sit still with myself and the answer is yes we all are so how do we help each other do that difficult work um just a comment I I really I appreciate it it's funny because I launched uh another big course recently so that's been top of mind but i feel like it's a really pleasant stroll down memory lane (laughs) for me because i remember I, i just like put so much heart into transformations of faith and i i love that curriculum uh like what i mean by that is like i poured everything i love into that curriculum and it's amazing to hear you becca talking about like the way it finds you and how it's been of support in your, you know, transformation. And I would also say that I didn't create that course solely with um, this demographic in mind, people who feel like they're like unmoored have just exploded and are picking up the pieces. So I'm incredibly encouraged to hear that it's very supportive on that level. Another big part of my intention for that course was to offer it to people in the community who who feel well adjusted, who feel like they're chilling, they're like, they're on the train that's going where that train's going, but that actually there's a whole element in in early Christianity, it's really, it's the process of metamorphosis. And we see it in the archetype of Christ being transfigured on Mount Tabor and my experience as like a lifelong buddhist who like kind of came into christianity through the back door after all that buddhist training i realized like actually metamorphosis is like right at the heart of christianity and we've almost like put it off into some unknown future like and, and this gets back to a kind of magical thinking like oh like if i you know if i obey the commandments and do what i'm supposed to here that metamorphosis it'll happen When it happens, it'll happen at some point in the future, it'll happen after I die. And I'm not saying that it won't, but what I've found to be really meaningful in my own life is to learn how to savor metamorphosis right now and moment to moment. So to me, that's what that, Transformations of Faith, this online course, this experience, it's about helping us all savor what does metamorphosis feel like very uniquely and personally in my life, in this body, right now whether we're having a crisis or not we're all changing and i think that's really the miracle of human life that we're changing somehow by what power i don't know by what light and love and intelligence i don't know but it feels like a good life to pay attention to it and allow it to happen So I just wanted to put that in there that it's, it's beyond faith crisis. The course it's, it's a human experience I'm going for, but I'm so encouraged to hear that. Oh, like, even in this like very acute and challenging situation, it can get into those crevices and be supportive. I'm, I'm just so moved by that. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. I didn't know that. And I, that's exactly why i'm like what is this program for okay. <laughs> i don't know cool. Cool, but i'm doing cool. it i'm gonna do the program yeah um, cool
1: this is <laughs> now we're getting somewhere this is good <laughs> yeah.
0: but i got your book when i was not in that place of you know yeah. questioning and and in that space because i was trying to understand for other people like how can i show up better for them and give them space and and yeah. you know be safe for them because i wasn't safe i was so scared because it was derailing my ground right and it was making my ground shaky and that right. made, i didn't like that i wanted to stay solid so i like that and i'm i'm glad that it fits a lot of different demographics um, thank you
1: yeah wow. so
0: tell me about your new program
1: Uh, the the new online course is called gospel meets dharma gospel representing christianity and dharma representing the teachings of buddhism and you know it's a lifelong passion of mine like i said I, i got into buddhist practice when i was a teenager and it's been almost 25 years since and i've found that the deeper I go into Buddhism, the deeper I go into Christianity. I can't go deeply into one without going deeply into the other. And that doesn't mean at all that I think people need to go into Buddhism to understand Christianity. It's That would be, I think, a pretty coarse interpretation of my own life and spirituality. But what I have found is that becoming fluent in a faith tradition or a wisdom tradition that's very different than the one I was brought up in, it gave me such a new perspective on what Christianity was up to. And I I could see like, oh, Christianity goes right here and Buddhism goes left. It, It showed me like actually the decisions, if you will, that go into this is who we are, this is what we believe, this is what Christians are all about. It gave me a deep appreciation for like, okay, that's one way to be human. And here are other ways to be human. And we would hear that and suppose like, oh, well, like Christianity goes this way and this is the right way to go. And we can get territorial and defensive about it. But the whole purpose of the course, I think, is to invite us into an experience that rather than getting territorial, we can actually be enlivened. We can come out if if we consider ourselves to be disciples of christ we can come out of an experience like a deep immersive experience in buddhism realizing like oh this is why i choose to be a disciple i feel like even more committed to my path than before but i also feel less rigid about it i realized that like i went right here someone else went left and I can see how going left would bear all sorts of gifts and fruits. I can appreciate more of the fullness of the human experience. So to me, gospel meets dharma, it's, it's looking forward at how I hope human beings come to relate to one another when it comes to like how we, you know, walk our path and how we hold our beliefs together.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm excited for that. So, what, what is the demographic? It's again, anyone?
1: That, yeah, who who I hope listens to the course. I mean, anybody who is hungry, anybody who's hungry for transformation and awakening and growth and more aliveness in their life, uh, period. That's, you know, I'm casting a, Wide net there, but there you have it. That's what came out of my mouth. Um, Yeah, of course. Like people who are interested in Buddhism, it'd be like, "Oh, heyday!" It's a deep dive into Buddhism. And people who have a Christian background who feel like, you know, I'm just not as literate as I would like to be or should be in the world's traditions. Bullseye, absolutely. But then I want to emphasize that it it's not a course about like, "Hey, I grew up." latter-day saint but then i became a buddhist and you should think buddhism is cool too it's it's more subtle than that it's that buddhism just happens to be the tradition i fell into at a young age but i've come to appreciate that all of us have complex i mean the the uh trending term is intersectionality in other words we're we're all influenced by so many traditions and my intersections happen to be a lot of Christianity and Buddhism, but I hope in the process of the course, people realize, and this touches on the wisdom I think you were sharing earlier, Becca. It's like, I can't just call myself like Latter-day Saint. I'm something different. Like, is it progressive? Is it reformed? Is it post-explosion, post-apocalyptic? <laughs> you know, like there, it's acknowledging that we don't fit into the boxes that we've been given to fit into so i was in a way i'm like flying my freak flag and saying look like (laughs) i embrace gospel and dharma and that's created a really fertile spiritual life for me and i think some of that will rub off on you in the course but i even like the deeper intention is that you'll realize that like you have your own rich intersections you have you are a you are at the the nexus of multiple traditions. And it's your job as a unique human being to live those fully and to share them fully. That's a lot of what happens in that course.
0: So. I love it.
2: I uh I've actually been thinking about like as dating and <laughs> back, <laughs> to dating. back to dating. to It just allows you to meet your, I didn't realize how. I know, you know, 8 billion people. And I'm like, there are a lot of people in this world now that I'm dating and I'm not in my little home all the time with my same five people. And so you're just like, man, how do we fit all these people into one religion? There's just no way they, everyone comes from their own childhood, their own right. um, gifts and triggers and attachments and connections. And like, they right. just see things so differently. I'm like, how in the world are we supposed to fit into one box and I've just been trying to like blow my mind out trying to figure that out and yeah. I this sounds like it's just one way that you found that you can like as I just said just having peace within yourself like we're our own universe and you know we were born into this body and it's just like we're still figuring it out every day like we are ourselves but also we're discovering so many new pieces and so that sounds like from someone who's found peace in that yeah that sounds like an exciting experience to, to do. I mean, I'm, sign me up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> sign up. Yes, I love it. Um, thank you for giving us space to talk about this and to, I don't know, I wish that we could all have these safe spaces to just have conversations. And I hope that if people are exploding or on the brink of explosion, mm-hmm. that they can feel safe with someone. Um it's probably, you know. Your dog. <laughs> the dog sometimes sometimes just it's just, yeah. That's <laughs> where Becca's at. No. <laughs> oh, I love it. Okay. So I ask um my guests what their most recent Buffalo Be the Buffalo experience is. And so right. Thomas, I want to hear what yours is.
1: Most recent, you <laughs> yeah. said. Or oh, just wow. share one. Yeah. You can yeah, totally. Well, I'll yeah, I'll tell you what comes to heart when you ask that. Um, so I've been meditating for some years now and I'm, it's, I, it's become a livelihood for me. I teach it and I share it and it's, it brings me a lot of fulfillment. And the idea of meditation is that I can kind of settle down Well, I'll I'll just talk about like the formal kind of meditation that we often imagine when we hear meditation. Like, you know, I sit on my chair, I sit on my cushion, I settle in the body, settle in the mind and, you know, open up and everything's Jesus, all that. (laughs) Um, So after years of doing that, I found like, yeah, I can meditate. I just, it's like breathing now, but I'm also father. And like i found in the, in like a father, I became a father during COVID, have a legit COVID baby born like in June of 2020, like right as we were, yeah, like deep in the initial quarantine. Mm -hmm. And I realized, so I've, I've spent all this time with my son and like, I noticed it was really, I'll just say horrifying to me that like I'm spending time with my son And I'm like feeling all this anxiety, like I want to get back to work. I want to be reading a book. I want to be meditating. What an awful thought. What a horrifying thought to like be with my son. I mean, this is a miracle of a being. And I want to go meditate. So it was really disturbing to me to realize that I was like divided. My attention with my own child is divided. And the being the buffalo, I I realized after enough of those moments, like day after day of feeling like, oh, I'm with my son and, you know, my wife's gone for two hours. So it's like just me and you, like uh, father-son time. I realized the only way out was through that I had to like go right into the heart of the disturbance and like let this child be my new meditation. And that's a tough, as a bachelor who got married way late in life, who spent thousands of hours on his cushion and his meditation cave, reading books, not being bothered by humanity. Now I've got this son and it was disturbing. And like, I fantasized about how do I get away from the disturbance? And there was a moment that clicked from like, this is, this is my meditation. This is my new meditation. And, um, it's a practice, you know, I love that
0: and it a very yeah. unique experience so thank you for sharing yeah that. yeah
1: so very I'm humanizing yeah I'm getting, I'm getting better at that meditation so if can i totally lose myself and my son now like i lose myself in my meditation practice mm-hmm. so it's humbling and um hopefully getting a little better at it every day
0: yeah all right becca what's yours oh dang <clears throat>
2: um i mean recently divorced um went through, you know, it's pretty tumultuous in the end. But I think um the world tells you, you know, divorce needs to be angry, needs to be resentful. And um, you know, when I realized what was going to be the end result, I said, I'm gonna do this right and I'm gonna do going to do it kind. Um And I held myself to that and it wasn't easy, um, because it's, it's not great. Nine year marriage, you know, not as long as a 20 year marriage, but, um, going into that storm, making sure we're focusing on the kids, uh, making sure that our relationship can still stay intact for the kids. Um, what they deserve is even if they're not going to have the same home, they can, they can still know that they can trust and have a relationship that they can see that is still kind. Um, that is still respectful and, um, you know, we'd gone through a lot and accepting that is now my responsibility to heal those wounds, to, um, walk that another messy pass path and, um, you know, facing it with fortitude, knowing that I have the capability to do it. Um, you know, used your podcast. You know, now we're over friends, doing the whole dating thing. It helps a lot to have friends that are doing the same thing to kind of um, allow you, guys, like you, to get to see my messy a lot. I mean, over Marco uh, Polo, uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I think that's been the biggest. But it's still a path. It's still one I'm walking. Like the divorce was finalized in April, but you know, it took a good a lot. It, it was all through COVID, so it was all lonely. Um, and walking that through, through all of that is, um, you come out of it proud and that kind of gives you an empowerment in and of itself that I quietly faced these moments that I didn't think I could get through, Mm -hmm. um, and just push myself a little harder, um, with each one, just making those individual minuscule decisions of, I really don't feel like making the good decision right now, but I'm going to, and then not thinking about before, not thinking about after and actually preparing for my natural birth help. help. Um, nothing about contract next contraction, not thinking about the past contraction. So this one doing the same thing with this staying present, staying present in that moment. Yeah.
0: And Becca has been a great example of that. And that's why I asked her to lead a divorce group because Mm -hmm. I do believe we need that community. We need, we heal better when we are supported in people who are in that same path and can hold space for us without the judgment. It's hard for, you know, most of my friends, I would say hold space for me, but it's kind of the read the room. You can't share everything because it's not something they can understand. Mm -hmm. Um, Becca can understand (laughs) all of it because it is messy. (laughs) So I love that. Thank you guys for being here. And, um, that was fun. Thank
1: you. Yeah. Pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes. Or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.